Uh, good evening, welcome to The Joust. Uh, oh, my name is Nagy, I'm here as always with Liam McNeil. Liam, how are you? I am uh, remarkable, thank you, Nagy. And yourself? Oh, I'm not too bad. Uh, here at The Joust, we talk everything Newcastle Knights uh, for uh, this episode's sponsors. Uh, Liam, do you have them there? I do, Nagy. Uh, this week's episode is brought, brought to you by the Embassy $5 Breakfast Special, uh, the Penis Tower at Queen's Wharf Brewery, and the time that I was sleeping butt-to-butt with Nagy and farted into his ass. And the... <laughs> How about the toast at the embassy breakfast, though? It's unbelievable. It's just white bread. I don't know. No, I don't know how they do it. It's it's just... It's what they do with it, I guess. It's what they do with it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's thick. And as uh, as always here at the uh, the Joust, uh, we uh, will uh, stand for the national anthem. Liam, would like to bring this in? I uh, would, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please be upstanding, uh, as is tradition, uh, for the national anthem of Australia. Uh, very sorry about that. Uh, our producer Elliot seems to have plugged the auxiliary cord into the back of his television. Uh, we will have that one fixed for next week. Uh, apologies. Surely we'll get that rough next week. but uh, uh, I'd hope so. Yeah, look, we're working on it. <laughs> we're going to get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Uh, as, as we always love to do at the show here, I'd like to offer the first sip of the evening to uh, Fulmine Bianco. Fulmine Bianco, the white, the white lightning. lightning, Nathan Ross. Sensational. A wonderful, <laughs> wonderful look, fella. Look, big news here at the Joust. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, before the Cowboys game, uh, our fearless leader, Trent Hogginson, was dropped uh, sensationally by the coach, Nathan Brown. Uh, look, I'm going to throw it straight at you, Liam. What do you think of uh, of the dropping of Trent Hogginson? Look, I can't help but feel a bit guilty. I mean, we at the Joust, uh, in our first show, were a bit critical of him. I think not unreasonably so. And honestly, I'm feeling a bit disappointed that it took Brownie this long to listen to the joust. Well, However, yes. uh, I do think, you know, Trent, while he was starting to improve, I still think he didn't hasn't so far stepped up to uh, play the kind of football that you would expect of someone on the money he's on, especially as the leader of the team, the captain, and also experience-wise, arguably, you know, the most important player in the squad. Yep. And I think it's a real call from Brownie to say, look, here are my standards. This is what we need to be. You're not there. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how you, how much you paid, what your rank is, whatever. If you're not performing to the way we need you to, we'll drop you. Is this a big step back though? Because like here's the skipper of the squad. It's this is like a. Is this a, like I made a mistake in in, in putting him captain? Is he not playing up to form, or is this this knee injury that we're keeping him about? I think the knee injury probably had something to do with it as well. You saw in the week before, he's, he hasn't been 100% on that knee, I don't think. And so that may have played into it somehow. But still, I... Well, he had some defensive errors. Like, he had some defensive errors coming back off that that assumed right knee, which he was, uh, which he hasn't used for kicking uh, this season, to, to try to come back onto that. Um, that seems to be the issue. Do you think that was... Do you think it's, do you think it's injury form, or do you think he's just not showing the, the kind of, like, the... the the expectation of the money we're paying him. I think it's a combination of all of it. I don't think you can take any one of those facets independently of the others. I think, you know, for a player that's paid that much, you expect the best out of them. Also, for a player who's leading your team, you want them to be 100% fit. A player who's meant to be steering them around, you want them 100% fit. So I think it's a mixture of all three of those things. Look, I agree with you, but at the same time, do we do? Where do we go from here? Do we find a player that's that's better than Trent uh, um, immediately this season? Do we do we assume the role that Jalen Feeney is going to take that 
um, take the the five eight role and assume that uh, Brock Lamb will move to the halves, uh, and assume that this is going to be better than than what we had with Trent. Do you think we, or do you think this is just a we put him in the sand and the players that we have now will be uh, will will eventually get better tw- throughout the season, or do you think? This is like, is this making it hurt now so it hurts less later? Or is this actually going to get us wins now? I think it's a more hurt us now to benefit us later. I think it could be a bit of a wake-up call for Trent. It'll give him a bit of time to rest that injury, get back to 100%. And he may well come back in with a renewed vigor. Mm. However, we could also have un- unearthed a star in the Jalen Feeney, Brock Lamb combination. I don't know. But I feel like it's, uh, again, as seems to be kind of the theme with uh, Brownie's coaching tenure at the Knights, a bit of short-term pain for hopefully some but long-term gain. At the same time, we have like uh, like like that would work with like a Jack Stockwell who was dropped to reserve grade for most of last year, who's on big money uh, for for a second rower, and then he he came back to the first grade fold this this year, and it seems to be for the most part playing pretty well. Um, but it wouldn't work for like someone like Aquila Uate who was put out to start essentially, saying like you've done your time. You're out there. You're done. Uh, we're not even going to consider you no matter how well you're playing in this reserve grade. And because Trent didn't play reserve grade in the last thing, apparently put his hand up for it, but he was also refused um, or he wasn't you know, wasn't selected again for reserve grade. But I think that might have been more that uh, it was just a, it was a time for, for a rest to, to give him more of a, this is an injury thing, not yeah, a Yeah, I think thing. that indicates a lot that it was, a, you know, a large part of it was based on the injury. Yeah. Well, so where's, where's the way back for Trent now? He's 28 years old. He's a halfback. He's on big money. Do you What's think he's it? done? 28's still young. No, absolutely. In the context of the modern game, I guess 28's getting towards the end of your your reign. But you know, 28's still pretty young. So, where, like, is there a way back for him now? Do you think? He, do you think like he'll have to play? Do you think he's going to be back in the side? Like, he's not back in the side this week uh, against the Titans, um, which would indicate that this is not a snap decision. This is something that that uh, Coach Brown's going to commit to. So is this going to be uh like how do you, how if you're Trent Hawkinson, uh, our fearless leader of two weeks ago, um, an avid listener of the show, avid listener of the show, loves the show. A big shout out to Trent. Look, we're with you. Lots of support for Trent. Um, but where where where's his way back into this first grade side? You know what? I don't know. It's a don't... it's a strange situation that I you know you don't really see too often. Obviously, you know there was the a uh, couple of weeks ago there was the resting of Latrell Mitchell at the Roosters. Um, but Maybe he, similar situations, slightly injury, slightly lack of form. But again, that's not the captain. He's not your marquee player. Look, there's, there's just been talks that, that, that Trent's, he's needs cactus. He's needs done. He was done when he came here. And there was an injury they thought they could manage and they haven't been able to manage. And he's come, they, they didn't give him much in the preseason on the knee. And apparently he's, uh, he's, he's come back and he's, it's been, uh, he's, he's not pulled up any better. He's come back even, uh, they say he's come back even slower. I think that's, I think he's, come back the same but look let's let's be frank as far as we've got uh you know 16 rounds of football uh from here on out including the buyers um the do you think Jalen Feeney and and Brock Lamb can give a better halfback duty than Trevor Hawkinson has given us up till now I don't know if they can give us a, a better one but I think they can give us a more complete Uninjured, well, except Jalen Feeney got the head knocked off his <laughs> shoulders on the weekend. He's knocked in the next yeah. week. Poor bastard. <laughs> God, I don't think he's still with us. I think yeah. he, he's still in Townsville in his mind. You see, <laughs> but uh, at Brown Cow Stadium. But yeah. um, the, but like, so are we? Are we playing now for future wins? Are we investing in this future, or are we actually trying to? Are we actually trying to get some wins now, just for the for the supporters that we have? Because God knows we can't go another season with just having this one win. 
I think Brandy's definitely playing for future wins. And again, you you got to realize we're going through a hell of a rebuild, you know. God almighty, if it was anything else, you'd just knock the building down. I mean, and... the rebuilding of Baghdad was easier than this. I mean, they torched the library. The River Tigers ran black with the ink from all the parchment in the Baghdad library. You might, you're like The rebuild the Knights are going through now makes that look like a weekend project knocking up a shed. A weekend at Bernie's. A weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> if you will. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be something that's quick fix. But I think all Newcastle supporters thought that last season was, this is the time to hurt... This is the season to, to seem like we're we're back on you know at least building something and uh, after what are we eight rounds I should really know that we're after eight rounds and we've got one win. And but you got to see like it does take more than one year. You got you look at the Tigers they went through a whole rebuild recently but, and now all of a sudden they got it again. They've got to go through a rebuild again for but, us to only have two years of it and have a solid little base we're working on. I don't think you compare much, it to the Tigers. Like as much as I'd like to like I can see what you mean as far as not having a successful season, but the Tigers didn't barely like barely made there a splinter from the um from the finals last season. And we got one win, one draw. So it's it's so if, if we had a Tiger season last year, this year would be like, oh, this is such a successful season. But it looks like we're going to have another season like we had last year, which just pulls. And I disagree. Okay. From what I can see, the Knights doing at the moment, a win is close. It's very, very close. Just, it's going to happen soon. It's just, a, something's building. It's, I, we've been saying it's it. tiring. We've been saying it it's again tiring. and again. I know. When's it coming? Do we are we expecting this in five rounds? Two rounds, ten rounds. Doesn't matter. We'll take it when we get we'll it. We'll take it Nagy, when we get it. I go home. again back to my barren days of my early to mid twenties. You know, <laughs> you take it when you get it, mate. You take it when you get it. You can't. You can't set a date on it and say, "Look, I'm getting a piece on this date." You just say, "I'll get what I can get." The opportunity arises, and you grab it with two hands, mm-hmm. but not forcefully. <laughs> no, no. And in the Knights' case, you grab it with thirty-four hands. Thirty-four hands. Seventeen players each with two hands. Incredible maths. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so we have the cow. Sorry, we have the Cowboys. We had the Cowboys last week. Uh, so we, as every week in the uh, the Jazz, we do our hats off to a player that we thought we did particularly well, and we return our hats back on to a player that we thought uh, didn't do too well. Uh, your hats off this week, Liam. My hats off this week goes to uh, Daniel Safiti. Uh, in defence, not great. However, in attack, he yeah. finally delivered that meter-eating prop forward running that we expect he ran for i think 123 meters off 12 runs he was really leading from the front that's what we expect out of a prop forward in the modern game the knights props have failed to deliver that consistently all season and he finally you know was the one to put his hand up and say you know bugger you all come with me i'm hitting the bastards look that's all right like he really put it in like i did see that it was it was 12 hit ups for 123 meters he was obviously bending the line mm, uh a big body he, look he's a big man uh, huge man. He's only a Buttermere Babby. In Mate, this. you could put him in World War One. He could have bended the Maginot line. <laughs> it was. Um, he, he's the. It, that's what we looked for him at the start of this. There was lots of, uh, like not propaganda, but there was lots of talks of him like putting on all this muscle. There was lots of like you know he's he's dropped all this weight. He's put on this muscle. He's going to be a much better performer this year. Uh, and like for the first few rounds, uh, failing to make a hundred meters. Constantly, and the stats don't say everything about forwards, but he really wasn't performing the way we thought he would, uh, because he had these standout games last year against the Tigers, uh, in the, the game that we lost in the second time we played the Tigers against uh, when he was playing for Fiji. He's Fijian, isn't he? 
Uh, somewhere in the South Pacific. Somewhere in the South Pacific. Yes. The playing Put for his national side, um, and he, he he ran over two hundred meters. And these are the times he was just coming alive. Um, but yeah, like we did see glimpses of this of this game, and against a big Cowboys pack, against the likes of Tamalolo. Big Cowboys pack. Yeah, yeah, like I thought, I thought he did really well, and he needed to stand up. And look, he gave us like a, a puncher's chance of winning that game, and did all that he that he could uh, from his role. Um, but uh, the, the, I, th- I, I like agree. I think that was a really good uh, hats off. My hats off goes to the 19-year-old Sam Stone, um, who uh, made 70, 37 tackles and 13 hit-ups. Um, no, it didn't break 100 meters. Sorry, is it, you have something to say? I was just going to say, it's got the second Stone Age is here. The second Stone Age has arrived in Newcastle. Um, it certainly feels like it uh, as far as everything else that we're doing in the club, <laughs> that we've, we've returned to the Stone Age. Um, because yeah, since we're a little, we're falling almost behind the times by a couple of thousand years. But um, but it's but like Samstone, yeah. Look, it, what he showed, what he showed, he got given the first grade spot uh, only a few weeks ago. Now he's been given the starting spot, which is by all means a spot that he doesn't deserve uh, in any other NRL team. Um, he's not years old. He's he's a bit of a string bean, which we've referred to earlier. But um, 37 tackles and 13 hit-ups is a That's massive... It. He's taking it with two hands. Because this is a guy... So they gave him the jersey, like you said, you know, in any other L t- any other NRL team, he might not get that jersey, but he's taking that jersey and just grabbed it and run it. <sighs> look, 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 he could be playing for Toyota Cup in any other club, and he probably would be, but he's playing for the Knights, and it's a, a club that means a lot to him, and he is playing with passion, effort, and enthusiasm, and I really think he's going to be a player of the future. I really hope we hold down to him, and he doesn't go off to England where his father's coaching. But, um, it rains a lot there. I wouldn't bother. No, it does. It's very cold. It's cold, yeah. It's cold. Night time of year at the moment, though. Is it? Well, What, do they get that one day of summer they usually get? No, no, no. Here, I mean. Oh, here. Oh, it's lovely here. Isn't it just? Not that amount of rain that we've been getting. Mm. Uh, like, in typical Easters. But um, but looking... So, the, the, the game against Cowboys, look, I think it was just a very typical nice game. Look, we're in it for very sparse moments, but it looks like we're, we're never going to win it. Um, key mistakes early. I think Peter Matautia make. Um, so look, we've got a hats off. Look, at, look my hats on. Uh, this week does go to Peter Matautia, uh, and and like it was the two errors from from him, both running the ball in very simple plays. Both on the first tackle, I think. Yeah, like we had this opportunity both times. To, I think coming out of our own half was was the one that really stuck with me. And like this, we we signed him as this uh, sort of experience center. Uh, and he, yeah, look, he didn't, he didn't stand up, especially in the time we have no, no more Trent. Like you think this guy would be like, he's been in the first grade system a long time. You think he'd be able to stand up and, uh, really take hold of that side. And like taking the first hit up off the set is for a back. You think you'd give it to one of your middle forwards. I know Trent, uh, no, not what's his name, uh, Mitch Barnett, uh, had an ankle injury. Um, but you think um, you'd give it to one of them. So by, by back taking it, sort of saying like, I'm going to give you you guys a rest. I'm going to show you the way. And by um, dropping the ball in the first, you've just, yeah. You've set the standard poorly. You've really got the, yeah. Well, but you that, just told, but, you've just told your tied forwards you now have to defend for a set off your own line. Which is funny because that's been such a strength of the Knights over the first few rounds. The, uh, the running from dummy half, especially in the danger zone of... Their centers of oh, the wingers. backs, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Matadia, up until this game, has been very good. I uh, had a, you know, obviously a couple of blunders in this game. I thought Stockwell for me as well, a bit of a hats off because he made a few 
Uh, first tackle errors as well. One very oh, costly one. So this is hats back on for the stock. Hats back on. Hats back sorry, on. Yes. Yeah, sorry. It's, uh, once I once you got start your hats off, about hats, it- I don't know where it goes. Um, <laughs> also made a few errors, including another one in the attacking zone on the uh, on the first tackle, and just costly errors that are absolutely bleeding the Knights dry. When you, you look at the possession stats from the first half, I think it was. Uh, we had something like 39% of possession. Yet we're still ahead 12-0. If we get uh, roughly even percent possession stats, I mean, where do we end up there? So it's just costly errors like that that are really absolutely bleeding this side dry. I think so too. Like the, we're doing the hard work or we're doing the, we're, we're finding the line enough to, like we were in front of halftime, still lick points at halftime, like right before halftime, sorry, and then uh, find ourselves as a really neck-and-neck game. But we come out in the second um, second half in the first 20 minutes and just, just not perform like we were in the in the previous half the, the halftime's killing us um uh, but like moving yeah, what's on. brownie putting in that gatorade in oh, there do you God, know? know did he mention it on the phone tryptophan uh the, yeah. <laughs> yeah but no he, uh, yeah, i don't think dinner i was speaking to him earlier and i did he didn't mention it but he, he said there was something up uh look moving forward to the titans um look where, where do you think we can win this we have our uh, obviously our, our um stats from uh david middlesfield uh yeah look mincy's given us some really good stats i think um you know where we can really win this is uh, the opening twenty minutes. The Titans are very weak, yes. and that team that seems to be when the Knights are absolutely on fire. Our opening twenty minutes early in the season, except actually, funnily enough, against the Cowboys, where we raced to a twelve 0 lead. Yes. The opening twenty was yeah. woeful. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, but in the rest of the games, the majority of the games this year, the opening twenty from the Knights has ab- actually been very good. I think what we need to do, um, you got to target those halves, Ash Taylor and Tyron Roberts, young halves. Yeah. Young halves, but also their tackling effectiveness. They're they're rating up there in the uh, as the worst, you know, up well, around the worst in the comp. I think t- they're about twenty eight percent, twenty nine percent each respectively of missed tackles. Yeah. So I think now that we're starting to run those big uh, forwards out wide, your Sam Stone, Sione especially running it, those uh, halves I think could cause some real damage. So you get your Sionis, your Sam Stone, Luke Yates, unfortunately Barnett. We've lost him. We've lost him again. Ankle injury Uh and got to require surgery. I don't think I'll ever smile again. He would have run (laughs) right over those bastards. But yeah, no, I think, you know, we really need to target those two young blokes uh, whose defense can be called into question with our fast, big mobile bodies. Big mobile wide, yeah. I think Sione does a especially good job. Uh, Look, I don't think he's a five out. Don't give him the kicking duties. Um, We lost Barnett too. Yeah, I know. But it's uh, like I think it just puts more pressure on Brock Lamb. But like, look, let's give Jalen Finney a start and let's actually like see what he can do. He was electric off the bench. Well, he was. I thought he cover tackling was good. His cover tackling was amazing. There was four tackles around the bootstraps I saw, which were try savers every day of the week. He's still not sure where he is though. This is like. But that's the thing. I think I saw him wandering around Islington earlier. He was, he was still being drink. He was still drinking through a straw, and it wasn't was. a drink. It was no. it was a me- it was but a meal. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like what the Titans do. Like obviously they beat the Sharks last week. It was a huge win for them. They're they're on they're on a high. Um, like what we well, yeah what we need to target the halves, and uh, they score particularly well off uh, from fifty plus fifty plus meters out. Uh, so these long-range tries uh, off the back of penalties especially. So yeah, we can't elsewhere. give away these stupid penalties. And this isn't a side that it controls the ruck. So we should be able to hold these these penalties to our own. And that's been another thing the Knights have been particularly bad at, giving away lots of penalties stupid early in the penalties. game. Silly, silly penalties. Making it hard for us. Making it hard. And the Titans will capitalise. They score a hell of a lot of penalties. 
but yeah, no, the the, the Cowboys uh, the Cowboys game uh, did hurt. But, but look, uh, what I you know what? Can you smell something, Nagy? Smell what? Can you smell that? What's that, Liam? It's the pong. The pong. It's the pong. Jeez, wasn't he good? He what? Look, the two tries that uh, that that uh, that did like end up winning the Cowboys game. That was the pong. Um, so, but yeah, it, look. Quite honestly, if 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 the pong keeps developing in the manner that he is, keeps playing the way that he is, I know there was a lot made about how big money we're paying him. Look, if he st- if he develops continually on the form that he is, we're going to be paying unders for him. What we're paying will be half of what he's worth. I think you're right. Also, I think you might have been also wrong about the pong smell that we were smelling. I think it might be a gas leak that we're experiencing here. So we're just going to have a quick break and uh, we'll be uh, right back for uh, Liam's mail sack. Welcome back to the Joust. Uh, for our second half, we're going to get straight into Liam's mail sack. Uh, Liam, what do you have in your sack this week? Uh, look, got a great question from Seamus Kelly first up. Uh, Seamus asks, why has the possible purchase of the Knights by the general public gone quiet? Uh, that question from Seamus Kelly Nagy. Well, I think the... Well, where this precinct was set where it's done before was the Western Force. And they're just about to fold. That in. went really, really well. That went, that yeah. Went well, that went really well, well for about two or three years, and then it. And the, well, there. I don't think it went well for two or three weeks. <laughs> well, look, it's it's an answer to a to to a question of we don't have any money, and no one wants to give us money, because uh, no one wants to buy us because we're bleeding money. Money being the key of all those things. I do notice you said money a lot a through lot. that, so I'm guessing <laughs> that's a very important point. Well, that's the funny thing because also when we come to buying players, we have lots of money. No, but like as far as running at a football club, you uh, administration-wise, there's going to be certain costs involved, and it doesn't seem that we are spending it too wisely at the moment. But what I think is happening with the uh, the the public purchase is that there are just better options on the horizon. Suddenly, that was the, the, the option at the time because no one wanted to buy We were a bit desperate. There was talks of moving the team to Ipswich and such. I don't think that was real. I don't, I think uh, excuse me, the Daily Telegraph the put da- that on the front page. The Daily Co- and it's nothing if not a reputable source. The Daily Telegraph is the greatest work of fiction since Paul Jennings visited a lighthouse. <laughs> or so. since uh, vows of fidelity were included in the French wedding <laughs> it's, vows. It's all just nonsense. So, it's... It, when when they said Ipswich, they said Ipswich because it was far away and it was this town that no one has been to. I'm fairly certain they haven't got phones, so they couldn't call up to confirm it. I don't think anyone ever heard at Ipswich that it was happening. Can like, they it read? Was... <laughs> like, did they get the paper and look at it and just say, well, these are I'm words, sh- I don't know what they mean. I'm not sure there's schooling up there, I can't confirm that. But, uh, but... Look, it, it was it was just a, it was a, it was a fear mongering campaign to say like someone buy us, please, because um, uh, like to, to say that the the team was moving is nonsense because Newcastle, as we know, is the rugby league heartland of I'll New South Wales. I'll burn this place to the goddamn ground before they put the Knights in another city. Yeah, absolutely, and I think a lot of people will join you with that. Uh, maybe I think Matt Johns actually said that on television. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he said the Newcastle people would would burn. I think Hunter Street to I'm the ground. I'm fairly certain he committed to being the first one to throw the match. Hey, I'd, I'd stand behind Matthew Johns. I don't know about anyone else. Oh, I'd stand in front of him. I don't want him getting burnt. <laughs> He's uh, like, what has happened there? I think there has been better options privately that has happened since then. And I think, uh, as we spoke about last week with West League's club, 
I think that is uh, now a more uh, viable option that has been presented to them. So it's like, yes, uh, like that's that's still an option, but like if we could avoid it and we could actually have one particular uh, body owning us, um, uh, would be would be nicer. Would be nice if it was privately owned by someone. If that's the option, because obviously we're owned by the NRL now, as we discussed last week, that it's not not a sustainable thing. But uh, thanks for the question anyway. Thank you, Seamus Kelly. Uh, now, I've got a really good question here from uh, Josh Spiegelman, the Beagle. Uh, now, he wants to hear from each of us, which player would you bring in before the trade deadline to strengthen the squad with injuries to Barnett, Bura, Cost Jason, serious long-term injuries to very experienced players. Nagy, who you got? If Look, if it was me, look, obviously NRL contracts mean very little at the moment. If you want a player bad enough and you're willing to pay for them, you'll get them. So for me, we need a prop and we need a prop that's going to be doing uh, uh, good numbers and uh, also like sort of a bit longevity. Uh, we've been looking at props, Matt Scott and James Graham, which has been sort of short-term figurehead props. I think we need someone that's that's going to be in the mid-term uh, very good. Aiden Tolman's been, been mentioned His through the His name's been bandied about. I believe he's a Hunter Valley boy. Is it time for Aiden to come home? Well, I think so. Like, I'd love to see Aiden Tolman, especially if he's, if he's a, a Hunter Valley boy, um, to to come back, well, well, we'll confirm that, but it might not be the case. But he definitely has been to Newcastle once or twice. <laughs> um, he has driven through, I think. Driven through, yeah. But uh, for me, if it was anyone, it'd be Regan Campbell-Gillard from the Panthers. I like what he's doing. I saw him especially uh, doing well in the Indigenous All-Stars game, playing for the Indigenous side. And it, it, like he hurt his back last year. I believe actually he, he broke something in his back. I think it might have been uh, some, uh, one of his discs uh, was was damaged significantly, but uh, but like for him, for, for sorry, for me would be that would be the the uh, the key to like a good front row growth. Um, obviously, Josh Darling's not not performing at the moment. He's uh, failed to break a tackle last uh, last week after like even like much you know disappointment the previous week of not breaking hundred meters. And he's starting each week for us. We need some new life in there. We need something with a little more ability. I think uh, like a larger, rangier forward. But does that address the question now? You were looking for players to bring in before the deadline to bolster the squad. You're lo- now Campbell Gillard, while an excellent prospect, maybe a bit of a long-term project. Do you think he would suffice yep. in bringing the pack up to standard? And I can confirm Aiden Tolman is from uh, Kempsey, actually. So he's Kempsey. currently playing for the Bulldogs on day release uh, <laughs> from the local correction centre. He made look, look, Aiden Tolman would be great to bring the side. He's 28. He, he gets good numbers. But also, but I, my personal thing is that he gets good numbers off the back of James Graham. It's it's the blonde uh, duo. That, that the polar bears, I think. The polar bears. Um, so like, I think... If you gave a young prop, um, someone like a Regan Campbell-Gillard, uh, an opportunity to come here uh, on a new club, uh, he, he would perform. So that, that's that's my pick. Who have you got? Look, I've got a couple. I think Josh Reynolds, obviously, with uh, the Bulldogs signing Kieran Foran, he's going to be on the... Well, he's not on the outer at the moment, but they're looking to hang on to two, uh, two of their three playmakers in Leisha, Embi, and Reynolds. And I think if you throw a lot of money at Reynolds at the uh, from the Bulldogs, maybe he gets out. Maybe I think he's gone. I he think he's reunites gone the with Hodkinson. I'd be v- oh, well, well, yeah, that goes back to what we were saying earlier. But I think Reynolds is gone as far as the Bulldogs is concerned. Look, he's a Belmore boy. He's a favourite there. But I think when you throw these names like Kieran Foran and Josh Dugan... Uh, out towards um, the, the 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 Bulldogs think that 
they're, look, they're, they're very expensive players and they're going to have to shed some money somewhere. What about Mose and Embi? Would you, would you say that not so much? You know what? I can definitely see it. He's talented as hell, I think. I, believe I think he's, he's been misused of the Bulldogs, though. I think oh, it, absolutely. I believe Embi is the first player born in Africa to play in the NRL. As you as you do checking the Googles, uh, but like it's, but uh, like in all honesty, I think it's, uh, I think a player like him, like if we're if, if we're honestly looking to move forward, look at the moment we have a five eight playing that's also captaining the side, that's also never played five eight, that is also uh, barely twenty one or whatever the, whatever his age is, and and but also like uh, he he can barely kick a ball. Like we're looking at these we're looking at these players that are just filling these positions that aren't actual true. So. So surely a player like Embi would actually uh, like let's say he's not doing so much at the Bulldogs, but at the moment at the Knights, it'd be a huge step up for him. He could take centre stage and really show his wares, if you will. And I was incorrect; he was actually born in Brisbane. Brisbane. Uh, however, his father it, is Gambian, so he's the first player of African descent. But, well, Brisbane may as world. well be Africa. I'd actually be very happy if they kind of lifted Brisbane up. Took it to Africa, took to Africa and we kept, didn't have to deal with it anymore. Kept it there. Just maybe kept it there. Just, just to keep us away. Well, yeah, I'd, like, the, honestly, they could take the whole state of Queensland to Africa and I'd be very happy. Yeah, I would. Um, but another one, I think, a uh, 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 Luke Lewis. You throw a huge money contract at Luke Lewis, say, look, you've got maybe one and a half years left in the NRL. Play the rest of the season with us. Help our forwards. Help our forwards. Build them up. You know, give them the the starch they need, the leadership they need. Play out next year as well with them, and then you can retire into rich, wedded bliss. However, you should please in the beautiful city of Newcastle. Yeah, well, well you know, yeah, he'll never pay for a beer in this town, so that's good. Okay. And he could really develop that forward pack, also while being an integral player in the pack, and just really, oh yeah, I don't, I know, I just love Luke Lewis and kind of want to have a beer with him. Yeah, look, he's a great player. He's been a. Uh it was always a, a staple in that New South Wales side for like in and out also like for various parts of his career obviously starting as a winger and now he's into the forward pack and I thought he did a very good job um, like, I'll tell you what if you chart his uh, would, you, would you say like a Ryan Hoffman would also be like a someone on that same radar because they're apparently yeah, the Warriors similar style. Him. well if the Warriors are losing Hoffman we'd love to have him absolutely something like that just a a very established kind of hard-nosed back row player who can really drag these forwards by the scruff of the neck into success. I think if you if you look at Luke Lewis between when he started as a winger and when he uh, eventually moved into the pack, I believe he was may have been beaten around the head with a drum kit because he, <laughs> he doesn't he look really, the best, does he? But he used to be quite attractive. He was, he was. quite attractive back like, in like 05. Back when the 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 kind of bleach blonde faux hawk was in, he was rocking yeah. it like crazy. But uh, well, was the yeah. two Lukes that came into the side back in 05. Luke Rooney, ugliest uh, man in the world. A uh, Luke Rooney, ugliest man in the world. God, uh, terrible. I think it was Cleo, ugliest man in the world. Uh, oh, yeah. Won it 17 years in a row. In a row. You wouldn't believe it, but it, like they, a, you'd think they'll look elsewhere. He had a schnoz on him, didn't he? He did, didn't he? Uh, but I think also, that was the two looks, yeah, 2005. 04-05, I think, yeah. Might have been 04. Might have been game 3 04 that they both came in. and um, But it was, yeah, look, it was, he's obviously a class player. He's come to the end of his career. Uh, look, we've just come to this point of uh, of re-signing or signing these players from other clubs that are out there in their career do you think we need to look to experience or youth look i think obviously the in-house process of uh development yeah. is focused on the youth i think an, an experienced player coming from outside right. would not hurt it i was going to help hit, guide the youth i was going to hit you with questions now josh darling next season is off contract 
Get stale, over him. stale go. No, go. Gone. Gone. Go uh, uh, what's that other guy we talked about? The, um, <laughs> the, 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 he's off the bench. Stockwell. Stockwell. Not Jack Stockwell. I don't think. Alava th- gone. I, I think he's gone. I, I, I don't think he's delivered on the money that we're signing him, but that we signed he's him on. He's on huge money. He's on 300 plus. And as you said last year, he spent most of the year in reserve grade. This year, he's failed to light it up. I think you get rid of Stockwell, which again frees up a lot of cap space to throw at a prop. A very established well, prop. Again, that's, we have a lot of space this year, but we also have more next year, which is incredible. So, so much more. We can buy a whole new team. Like, um, but we the, don't want a whole new team. We just need what? We, I you, just you think... think it, like, look, do you think we should do the Canberra Raiders? Like we, we can do like a few key players, fringe players. Do you think that's going to get us over the line? Because Canberra's also no. looking to shred a bunch of players next year. Do you think there's anyone there? that been like a Junior Paulo or... Junior Polo has been phenomenal, actually, for the Raiders ever right. since he left our He's probably beautiful to area. I haven't looked on that. Let's Nor have I. Look, we, and we probably won't. We won't look into that. But a, a player like a Junior Polo, even a Shannon Boyd, perhaps. He's a big man. He's enormous. Do, like, without, He's enormous. Without going I mean, away from uh, your, your sack, Liam, do you think... Um, do you think Boyd is also looking for like a, an origin? Uh, I think Vaughn's ahead of him, light years ahead of him. Do you think Vaughn, obviously? Paul Vaughn has been insanely good this season. I like, like Boyd was great for the Kangaroos, absolutely. But on form at the moment, I think you, Paul Vaughn has to be starting in the Blues. For me, I like Vaughn off the bench. I like him. Or off the bench for the Blues. Bit of footwork. He's got some stuff before the line. You see, like. But he's, he's got such a motor on him. He just runs and runs and he runs and he doesn't stop running. It reminds me of, like, a better Brent Kite when he was when he was selected for the Blues in 04. And you got to remember, Brent Kite was a great player. He was playing for Australia, won the Clive Churchill medal. Yeah. yeah. So a better 07, Brent Kite. 07, 07, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. A better Brent Kite. That's pretty good. Yeah, that well, that's pretty good. That's, that's, oh, I've just given him yeah, a huge rap. That's a large rap. And he's, but he's on big money, St. George, because we went after he him is, too, yes. but we weren't going to offer him the same money that he is. So, all right, Which so. maybe could have been a mistake, because the form he's in, he's well, worth every cent. Better than Starling at the moment. Uh, uh, so, yes. But uh, the next question, Liam? Uh, the next question, and uh, third and final question, I think, for the evening. This is from Tom Maddox. Should the Ross Dog be picked in the origin side for the New South Wales Blues Naggy? Well, look, look, Ross Dog definitely has the capabilities. Sorry, oh, mate, oh. your uh, apprehension, you seem a bit confused about that. You're incorrect. <laughs> yes, he should. The correct answer is yes, Nathan Ross should be picked in the origin <laughs> side, uh, given the captaincy immediately, and if possible, announced as Premier for New South Wales. The, the problem with, I like that the problem with rep selection with Nathan Ross, because I love the man, as we have... Obviously, we dedicate first sips to the man. He gets the first sip. Familiar Bianco. Familiar Bianco. But, like, honestly, uh, look, he's, it's the age. It's the age of him. He's 28. Uh, look, he, he could very well... I'm almost 28. You're saying I can't make it? Well, I can almost guarantee he can't. <laughs> the this amount of wine to me. The amount of wine you've drunk tonight has ruled you out of any selection of anything... Uh, for anything representative for, for years to come. Reasonable, but, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, look... Um, Actually, big shout-out to the Chancellor and Co. Wine Company. They're making the best cab sab for $5 that uh, the country's ever seen. I've seen that so often. It's so cheap. It's a delightful <laughs> beverage. Um, look, but it, honestly, like, Nathan Ross, I love him and adore him. I think he's doing a great job for the Knights. As far as origin selection, he's just not going to be looked at uh, by the selectors. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's just going to be... He's going to be passed over. He's going to be one of those players that passed over that are doing very well at the end of their career. But he's in the position that's going to be very young, very agile. And, um, like, like I think he's a great uh, chance for City Country. And uh, that was one of his goals at the beginning Get of the season. Get the man in a country jersey. I'm, as a country representative, as a youth, I am 
so proud of the country jersey and to see Ross Dogg in that would make me almost as happy to see him in, a, in an origin jersey. And I think it would be the same for him too, I think. like, but being Especially age, it's the last city country game. Yeah, look, I think it'd really be good if he, he got in there. Obviously, the Bulldogs have pulled the pin on the on the country representative stuff, but it's um, but it's like I, I think, know you were choking back tears saying that. I was choking back tears, just a, thinking thinking about thing. that that the the uh, that the Ross Dog might not be an origin. That it's might, a sad thing. I know it is, but like yeah. But speaking of origin, if uh, well, well hey, look, if, I think we've drained uh, Liam's mail sack for the week. We have to um What have you got for me now, Nagy? What's new? Well, actually, well, we better considering the the time restrictions that we have here on the Joust. The uh, time restrictions every, are restrictive. Every week, we should uh, uh, jump straight onto a blast in the past, as we know that Liam is a bit of a a, uh, a history buff, and he likes just to, a smidge. Just and he likes to dig up all this sort of uh, history on on these uh, knights of the realm, these past players that aren't. Playing for the Knights anymore, and uh, this week we have uh, one Daniel Abraham. Liam? Yeah, uh, he was an interesting character, Daniel Abraham. He it's, wasn't um, he ever. <laughs> he was. It was. It's widely contended that he was born in uh, the city of ur Dim in the ancient uh, Mesopotamian Empire. And uh, Newcastle Junior played a bit at Curry Curry, played a hun- ended up playing 100 games for the Knights, and uh, funnily enough, played 100 games and also played a prominent role uh, as an example of faith in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. You don't usually see the three. No, look, he got the big three. He really nailed the big three. He kind of was a really a, a, a major figure in the yeah. establishment of those three religions. Um, a bit of a unique thing. He was actually a goal-kicking second rower. You don't look, see that much anymore. Did, he did have so many leg injuries that he once referred to his leg as uh, like a home timbers, home timbers and hardware store, but they X-ray. could strike a ball. <laughs> yes, but you know the other thing, it was unique in the goal kicking second row, and also that he uh, featured prominently again in the holy text of all three Abrahamic religions in the Judaistic, uh, Christian, and Islamic holy text. In the uh, three, yeah, he did. He went on, of course, um, to play for. When he left the Knights, he was with the uh, the Curry Curry Bulldogs. Yeah, he went to uh, Cowboys briefly, brief stint of the, oh, of course, uh, the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I believe went to the Catalan Dragons. I've got the French side. No, sorry. That should be the Curry Curry Bulldogs. Sorry, I always get those should two. Be the curry curry. It's either As France or Curry Curry. I always Look, get confused. They're basically uh, the same. The same thing. The same distance away, also. Essentially, yes. You may as well, like, if you're going out to Curry, you may as well be Go going to France. The south of France. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, he had a really good uh, career with the Knights 100 games, 65 goals in that 100 games. To gain for a second row is very unusual. And uh, he died in the city of Hebron and uh, is buried, it's believed, in the cave of Machfella. <laughs> Well, somewhere there in the Middle East. I tell you what, I wouldn't have picked that one. But uh, no, you wouldn't have, would you? <laughs> but I do love a blast from the past, and I really thank you so much. The for deep him. past he <laughs> featured in the first testament. That's, I bl- that's uh, he I, was he was around for a long, long he while. Was an old man when he died. The long, long while was that a movie that we once saw? Oh no, you're thinking of the long, long eyebrow with um Charlton Burton. That was Charlton, Charlton Burton. Burton. It was, yeah, yeah. Charlton I love Burton. that movie. One of my it's great f- film. One of my great favorites. Film. But uh, think of the thing. Thinking of things that I love, I love doing the joust here with you, Liam, but unfortunately it's come to another end. Uh, please be sure to uh, uh, like us on Facebook, also listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, as well as uh, uh, text through or uh, email 
or email, e- electronic mail. Um, mail. We are receiving smoke signals as well, <laughs> if you've got them. To all your questions through to Liam's mail sack, as we'll try to answer them on the show. We but won't succeed, but we'll try to answer We'll them. try our very best. We do love doing this every week. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, that's another The Joust Out.